So today we'll continue the equanimity practice and will be the last day that we'll be doing this as tomorrow we'll go on a slightly different schedule. Just as in the walking practice, equanimity practice is a bridge to our daily life. Because as in the walking practice, when there's a lot of movement of the body and we uh, bring attention to that, we learn to develop the skill to bring attention to a body in movement, not in stillness, to bring mindfulness there. So too, with the equanimity practice, we learn to bring attention to a mind in movement, not in stillness. And this is an essential part of being complete about uh, learning these skills, because the mind is not always still. Equanimity is a skillful use of thought. It's a skillful use of bringing intention, which our thoughts can represent, and following through on that intention to bring the mind to that place in our hearts that uh, we're feeling maybe reactive and developing a sense of balance around that. So that's why it's good that we do this here. It gives us practice for our daily lives. So today I'm going to spend a little more time in some direction, some guidance in turning the minds towards turning mindfulness towards what's going on in our hearts, in our hearts, in our minds. This is taking responsibility for ourselves, for what we do, noticing. It's not just being okay in the moment, accepting in the moment about the situation out there. A large part of it is accepting what's going on in in our own hearts. So again, I'm going to give a little different uh, direction in terms of the individuals or the situations and this different these different ways can kind of give you an example of how you might do it on your own at home it doesn't have to be always in that particular progression from neutral person um, benefactor dear friend etc it can be any way that you deem it to be in fact in daily life it's going to turn up The way it turns up, we're not going to have a choice. And so uh, it's helpful to practice on the cushion, and then it sort of overflows into our daily life in a more natural way. Some people have said that it's difficult to practice equanimity on the cushion, but when they get out into life, just by doing this exercise, it becomes more natural to bring it to our daily lives. Or a few of you have made the comment that even here on the cushion, it's challenging, but when you get out into your life apart from the cushion, you can see that it can come more naturally to you. So let's begin the practice.
Again, bringing that gentle attention to the body. Notice the body just sitting here, just being present. Noticing any areas of tension or holding and softening around those areas. Bringing the attention to the heart center. Allowing the attention of mindfulness to relax into that area. Then we begin with a general reflection. All conditions arise and pass away. Understanding this deeply brings the greatest happiness, which is peace. All conditions arise and pass away. For all individuals, all families, all groups, all beings. Now choosing a person or a situation where you know by experience you've had some reactivity towards or about. Reactivity again means any way that you have been clinging to some idea of how you think it should be. or how you think you're right, or it could be the opposite of that, the aversion to how it is with that person or that situation. And choose a person or situation towards which your this reactivity is not really overwhelming. So by now, you must know your minds enough to be able to choose this situation or person where do you get triggered It may be simply remembering something from the past.
and then turning the attention to your own heart and mind. The reactivity that may be there in any form, subtle or a little more than subtle, is there judging, criticizing, anger, sadness? Just noticing that whatever defilement is present in a light way or a medium way, not choosing anything too heavy. And then with regards to that reactivity or those defile, that particular defilement, clinging or aversion. Again, using a phrase that helps to balance your own mind around that. All conditions arise and pass away. May I open to this with balance and ease. And when the mind spaces out, intentionally bring up that situation or person again. Noticing whatever there is to be noticed. And dropping in the wisdom of equanimity. All conditions arise and pass away.
When you're ready, moving on to another individual or situation. Where you have become aware that there is some reactivity in your own mind and heart about this situation, about this individual. Again, maybe there's criticizing, anger, judging, wanting. Wanting that person, wanting that person to be different. And dropping in your own wisdom that keeps you balanced around this situation or person. All conditions arise and pass away. Outer conditions, inner conditions.
When you're ready, turning towards something a little more difficult to face, a situation or a person. Just acknowledging again what the situation is about. Seeing it with a balanced mind. In a matter-of-fact way. This is how it is at this time. All conditions arise and pass away. Now highlighting your own heart's response to that, to that situation or person. Noticing whatever is there in your own mind and heart. Maybe there already is a sense of balance. So just noticing that. But if not, being honest with what is there. This is how it is in my heart. Pain and pleasure arise and pass away. If you space out, recall the person or the situation again. And drop in your understanding 
of equanimity.
And now turning towards the thought, the inevitability of going home, of leaving the retreat and being in daily life. It's just a thought right now. It isn't happening. But of course it brings up, or it may bring up, activity in your own mind. So notice what that is. Maybe there's nothing much going on. Just noticing that. Or if there's any anxiety or worry, sadness, happiness, opening with balance to whatever is happening in your own heart right now about that situation, about that thought of going home. This is a natural unfolding of my heart right now. Conditions arising and passing away.
And lastly, with regard again to oneself, calling forth or remembering a habitual thought pattern that always comes up for you. May have to do with wanting something, may have to do with not liking something, not liking yourself. Opening to that with balance. Thoughts arise and pass away. Is there aversion to that habit? Resistance? Anxiety? Turning to that as well. May I open to this attitude with balance and ease.
coming to a close, bringing your attention back to the heart center. Perhaps with a greater measure of balance in our own minds and hearts, offering our loving-kindness practice to someone around us. Someone in front or back or to the side. May you be safe in all ways. Allowing the energy or the flow of metta to radiate out to that person. And then choosing another individual nearby. May you always be protected on your inner and outer journey through life. Releasing the natural flow of loving-kindness. And then opening that field to include everyone here in the room. May all beings here be peaceful and happy. And all beings here at this center, retreat center, at the Connecting Forest Refuge, all the beings at the study center as well, the staff, all those who help us behind the scenes. May you all be healthy and strong. Bringing into this field of metta all of our loved ones, wherever they are, near or far. May you always be protected by your goodness. May 
May compassion and wisdom always protect you. Maybe you have that one special being right now that you would like to offer loving kindness to as well as everyone else offering loving kindness to that special being. Person who may need the touch of loving kindness or some healing. Bringing that person into the circle an offering from yourself to that person. May you know the peace in your own heart. May that peace always protect you. And by simple intention, offering our loving kindness to every one special being here in this circle, in this field of metta. May you all be peaceful and happy, and know the true causes of peace and happiness. Opening the field to include everyone around, the neighbors, and all the creatures, the ones of the land, the ones of the air, the ones of the water, the waters around us. May all beings in all directions, without exception, in all realms of existence, those seen and unseen, all of our leaders, all of our elders and teachers, all of the young ones, and all of those in between. May you all be guided by wisdom and compassion in all ways. May all beings be happy. May we dedicate our practice of equanimity and loving kindness that we've practiced during this time here together. All of the wholesome intentions that we have dropped into our mind stream that will surely bear fruit. 
all of the wise effort that we've put into our practice. Whether we can acknowledge it or not, there have been countless moments of right effort, wise effort, wholesome seeds of intention. May we share the merit of all of this with our loved ones. especially those who have passed away and our children, the young ones. And all beings everywhere, may the sharing of this merit be beneficial bring great happiness and peace to ourselves, to everyone else. So any questions? Mhm. Mhm. Right. When you, for the first thing to do when you're doing any Brahma-vihara practice, when you find the mind go space out or go all over the place, is to come back to your task at hand within the Brahma-vihara practice. So that's your first um, action that you take. So as I reminded you during the practice, if, you're my, if you space out, then remember where you were. Remember what you were doing. Call, call forth that again. Uh, remember that individual or that person. Sometimes just the, the inner vision or the knowing, just if you're not a visual type, of that person or that situation will center the mind again. But if that's not working, yeah, yeah, then you can go to Vipassana. What do you notice when you go to Vipassana? What's in your mind then? Agitation. Okay. So this anger, this aversion, this irritation could be what's, you know, the reactivity that's going on in your mind and heart. Is it could it be towards that situation or towards that person? Or it's, it's just more general? Or did you know? 
Okay. <laughs> right. So that is the reactivity in your heart, right? Could you bring equanimity to that reactivity? Yeah. That would be the place you would go. Yeah. So sometimes you discover that by going to vipassana. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what really what we're getting at is we're trying to get back there to that place where we're taking responsibility for our actions and knowing what's the state of mind that accompanies any action that we might put out there. So just coming back and knowing that over and over again. So either the attention is about the person or the situation, and if your mind goes, you know, all over the place, then notice what's going on here. Yeah. This, is it clear to you that there's that that attention can be towards a situation and a person and it can be towards your own heart yeah there isn't there a difference to you can you see that that differentiation some people can some can't <laughs> yeah that's how it is <laughs> A teacher has to be very patient. <laughs> it's interesting how different groups are. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's why they call apathy the near enemy of equanimity because it can seem like equanimity. Yeah. When there's the mind seems pretty settled, but you don't know if it's not connecting. Yeah. Um, I usually can tell if it's not connecting if I feel closed down. And there's a particular, um, there's a particular way that we can sense that we're closed down. I mean, I can do it with my body, and that's how I feel in my heart. It's like you can feel a, a kind of closed down. It's a kind of going into a fetal position in a way. Sometimes it gets stronger, where you feel it's going towards. Um, reactivity, but not quite. It's a slight resistance. Um, Sometimes it can be a feeling of coldness. Just, it's not the warmth, like a meta-warm connection. It's a feeling of coldness, frozen, in connection with that, towards that person or situation. So apathy can feel like that. 
you could move towards working with the body. Yeah. Stay with it a little longer. And then, because um, if you move off too soon, it's like, I don't know, it's like the habit pattern of just giving up on yourself. So you have to stay with it long enough that you're not just turning your mind away from the practice because of, you know, you don't feel like it's giving you an immediate result or a result that's clear enough. Sometimes you have to stay with it a little longer. Turning towards vipassana when you can't do it anymore is okay. Just seeing, just dropping the equanimity and knowing what's going on moment to moment, and then that may give you a clue. A bodily sense, feeling of coldness, feeling a slight feeling of pushing away, like resistance, or turning away. Mm-hmm. Yes, Phyllis. Mhm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So what happened when you turned towards noticing that clinging? Yeah, there's layers there. Yeah. The the phrase, all conditions must change, might imply something to you. You know that they must change. <laughs> so be careful about how you put that. I, I had the phrase, all conditions arise and pass away, um, which is a little different from must. So just see how... See what that means to you if that's, if that's bringing about some clinging in you, even that phrase, all conditions must change. Uh-huh.
So did you do the other phrase then? Okay, that's good. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then what you learned, what I'm sensing that you learned is that certain phrases work that bring a sense of equanimity because that phrase has a particular value to you that another that's why you know we have various phrases so i i chose not to use a lot of phrases be thinking that you've already got it you know like i don't need to keep saying it and just one uh So it revealed something to you. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a lot that gets revealed in the equanimity practice. And mostly what happens through doing the practice is our habit pattern, a wholesome habit pattern that gets developed, that can turn towards the situation or towards our response to the situation or person and apply some equanimity there on purpose. Skillful use of intention and thought. Now, otherwise, you know, when we don't think about equanimity, when equanimity comes to mind for me, uh, when I remember, I don't even maybe have to say a phrase, but when I remember that, oh, there can be some equanimity here. You know, I'm not going through that those words, but just the idea, it inclines the mind there already. It's like, okay, chill out, Kamala. This is not as bad as you're thinking it is. You're living in your thoughts, you know, not in actually what's happening. You know, all of that becomes a realization. Um, but if I just let my the mind go the way it goes habitually towards the unwholesome, and I don't bring in an understanding of equanimity, it, you know... It gets me in trouble. So you'll find that maybe it'll come more naturally to you. And maybe you see that certain ones fit at certain times. Like for me, joy and sorrow or pleasure and pain fit sometimes. And sometimes um, they don't. Sometimes it's just, it has to be, well... Kamala, you just have to accept this moment just as it is. You know, it's it's not like an order. It's like this is a fact right now. This is happening right now. Someone just sent me a um, a phrase by Henry Wadsworth. Uh, the best thing to do when it rains is to let it rain because it's already raining, you know. <laughs> This is an old story, but I think there are a lot of new people here, so I'm going to tell it again. Manindra used to say to me, surrender to the law. Surrender means, you know, develop that equanimity. Just accept this moment as it is. And the law meant the Dharma, the natural unfolding of life, moment to moment. When I would complain about the natural unfolding of life, he would say, this is lawful. This is happening this way, not by mistake, but because of particular causes and conditions coming together. I mean, I heard this for so many years until I finally connected the dots. So there was one time 
when I was sitting at the kitchen table with Manindra, and he was here facing the window there, and I was sitting this way facing like I am facing now. And uh, my youngest daughter, when she started turning a certain age, she just had a lot of turmoil within her, and uh, she was fighting with her her real father. And so they were having this big fight in the adjacent room. Menindra and I were sitting there having a meal. He was healing from surgery, and I wanted to make sure that he had a good healing, that he had a quiet surrounding. Also, I, I wanted to give him the impression that we were a perfect family, <laughs> that we didn't have any fighting, that, you know, I, I was a good mother and my children were respectful and all of that. Well, here they were fighting in the other room, shouting at each other, and it got to a very high pitch. And so I was eating, and I was sitting there going, oh, no, you know, in my mind, oh, what am I going to do? I was kind of frozen about it. What should I do? When, and not really facing it, you know, disconnected from what's really happening. And so... Manindra's eyes were like, he was eating, but I noticed his eyes going, like, you know, like, what's going on here? And so, but not really, you know, being um, the kind of person he is, a good guest, and I've seen him be so accepting about so many things that we had gone through in family life. And so the pitch got really high. My daughter ran around us and down the hall that way at stomping her feet and really upset. She went to her room and slammed the door with all her might. And at this point, I I wanted to scream and say, stop. I wanted to get up and run away. You know, there was everything. There was like running away from it, reacting so much that I wanted to, you know, push somebody and wake up, stop this, you know. And what are the neighbors thinking? What is Manindra thinking? You know, it's not going how I wanted it to go. You know, it wasn't in, in alignment with my expectations uh, of how I wanted it to be. The father runs around the corner down the hall and bangs on the door. And first I want to say, this is a really good dad. He was, he is such a wonderful father. But, you know, things happen and he's only human and he was, his heart was racing and so he knocks on the door and he says, open the door. And she says, no, with all her might. And he says, open the door, yelling back, no. And he says, open the door or I'll kick this door in because she had locked it. And she says, go ahead. And so in the meantime, it's like, I am out of my mind. Like, what am I going to do now? Oh, you know, there four-letter words were coming in my mind that you would not believe me to say. And so Manindra just is, he's wondering what's going on. And I know, you know, he's a little like, whoa. 
but he's he takes his right hand and he puts it over my left forearm and he looks at me with the most kind balanced look and he says surrender to the law like he's saying kamala this is happening open to it stop resisting it it's already here you know this is like moments just a few moments of that and i looked into his eyes and just being with him is like okay what do i do now you know it it's like all of a sudden the equanimity came over me and i could say sort of what went through the mind was if he can accept me and how it is i can accept me and how it is sometimes we need that you know so my heart and mind just settled down momentarily i got up and i walked over to where the situation was and i just said okay we got to stop you know what can we do about this or i don't remember exactly but my whole demeanor inner and what i could put out outwardly was sensible and it it led towards some benefit instead of adding more harm you know the harm would be my anger to the situation my upsetness to the situation so i could you know i look back and think yeah those habit patterns of the mind that came out during that time that's what happens that's that's the way it is sometimes sometimes it still is that way not to that heightened degree but yeah sometimes it's that way i mean that that reflection on that equanimity reflection on that that's equanimity and then how i could bring equanimity to the situation and say yeah this is what happens in a family this is a normal family <laughs> so this is how it is so that's the outer situation and the inner situation sometimes you can't separate it it's just like this is how the whole enchilada is you know inside and outside but getting back to my question originally can you see what your reactivity is this is an important point in our whole practice this is what we're doing with our vipassana practice every once in a while we're asking you to turn towards the attitude of the mind see what's going on there in relationship to whatever is happening so in the same way in equanimity it's being asked what's going on in the mind and heart what's the attitude of the mind in relationship to that situation to that person so first of all so important to understand our own minds to see what's going on there and to develop a sense of balance around that but the first step is to acknowledge what's going on there so a lot of this was a training into just turning there seeing what's going on there without kind of mixing it up with the whole situation because we get so pulled out to the situation that we don't know so much what's going on in our own hearts 
in our own minds because the situation is pulling us and we focus on that so much that we don't know what's going on in here. So sometimes if you're having challenge with the practice, it's right in that, in that juxtaposition of that being able to turn your attention to your own heart and mind, that training, just turning there and acknowledging that. Okay, this is what's going on. So it will, you know, as, as the years go by, as the training goes on, there'll be more and more ability to do that. Easier for me now than it was a long time ago. Yeah, one last one. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So where would your choice be of where you would turn your mind, your mindfulness? to how you are feeling about that person, about whatever she's bringing up, whatever the outer condition is, turn your attention to your own mind about that. So what could that be? Like, imagine that moment. Imagine someone's doing this, and you're already, you're there, and you're having particular thoughts and particular emotions. What would those be? What could those be? Right. Yes. No, something right in front of you. Your reaction to that. Okay. So this is what's happening right now. Doubt. Anger. Yeah, so this is what's happening right now. Anger. So when you can, whenever you can, turn towards how you're feeling about it. And that's where your practice of equanimity would be directed towards, towards that. Yeah. Okay, you're learning. <laughs> Takes time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.